Yo, Velvet, Jade. That's what's, me. What's good? What's going on? I'm swap. I'm changing up a little bit. Changing up. Changing the order. Y'all, this is That's Unfortunate Podcast, episode 14. We have Jade in the building. What's going on? You can find me at Jade is Confused on Instagram. There's an underscore between the words. Um, and Jade Cooley on literally everything else. Um, that's that on that. All right, Velvet, what's going on? How you doing? Good, doing good, doing good. Find me on Instagram at Velvet Isabel X, V-E-L-V-E-T-I-S-A-B-E-L-X. All right, and we have our, uh, we have Morgan in the virtual audience for this episode. <laughs> Morgan, how you Hey-o. doing? How's it Not going? Not feeling that great, but it's all right. <clears throat> Follow me at HeyMo0222 or don't. Okay. <laughs> and of course... <laughs> Y'all have me, Chris. Where can we find you, Chris? At AKA. Well, not AKA. I'm just. You can find me at SSG Blackrock <laughs> on everything. Because people have been confused about that. AKAs. I'm not. No. Whoa. Hold up now. We didn't say that. We didn't say that. Because I am AKA SSG Blackrock. <laughs> AKA the great one. AKA Mr. Muckluck. I am here today and I am hype. Because Velvet. Uh, the Velvet. Stop. I'm Jade. Jade. Um, <laughs> we have a special guest wow. yeah. in the building today. It was my favorite teacher from Pike County High School. Um, so oftentimes, the only part, good part of my day. Ike Holmes, um, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Just just been at home. I'm actually quarantining. Uh, tested positive on September 10th, and so just been um uh, been here at the house. Um, Oof, that sounds yeah. exciting. You don't seem like you have any symptoms. You feel you feel pretty good. Yeah, I feel like I'm on the other side of it now. Um, still have no taste or smell. Um, oh. Fatigue was really bad for the first couple of days, but that's about normal now. So, yeah, yeah, the no taste is really weird. Um, I forgot that was a symptom. Kind of makes eating like not nearly as fun. You know? <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it takes like uh, half of the experience out of it. <laughs> So, I think uh, taste is most of the experience. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think not dying from starvation is most of the experience. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's jump into it. All right. So, um, of course, y'all already know we got some stuff to talk about. We have some <laughs> stuff to talk about this episode, and um, we're gonna start it off with uh, just just a quick overview, quick like just to let y'all know that y'all ice ain't shit. <laughs> whatsoever they're not like oh uh, like we've we've heard we about we knew that already we we've, we've known that they've had like these basically just concentration cramps out there that's uh, it's losing kids losing how, what was it it was like 2000 right yeah they only misplaced uh, 2000 children only 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 misplaced only. um you know the other challenges that kind of come with that is that like from what i've read um which it's also interesting to see that the uh, pro-lifers are not upset about this right now, but um, not the point. Uh, I am a little bit concerned with the fact that what I've been reading about the doctor performing most of these hysterectomies is not like an actual licensed professional. Like he's got the experience or whatever, like experience, but he did not go to school for that line he's, of medicine. He, yeah, so he's he's licensed in something, but he's not an OBGYN. Yeah, so that's kind of horrifying. Um, but you know what that reminds me of? You remember um, 
I think it was like maybe two years ago of that the guy. The guy who was pretending, <laughs> that was to, be pretending to be he a had doctor. The mohawk. Yeah, had yes. the mohawk. Oh my god! Anytime okay. I hear about fake doctors, I'm like, he's he's at it again. Okay, like, if you trusted a doctor with the mohawk, that's your fault. <laughs> like whatever happened to you after that is your fault. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's wild. It's wild that these hysterectomies are being uh, done to these women, and uh, like majority of the time, they don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, it's a like, non consensual. Like procedure, or, or they were told that they had cancer, then they were like, "Just kidding, you don't have anything." Mm, that's horrifying. And and the the crazy thing is, is that some of these women have already been deported. So the thing is, is if some of them have already been deported, that means that there are some that haven't even like spoken up or anything like that. Yeah, there could be a lot more people so. whose voices are not being heard. But um, and the whistleblower was an African American yes. woman. Mm. I. Don't remember her name, which makes Dawn. me, yeah, it makes me seem completely Something. unprepared. But um, you know, kudos to her for being that brave. Um, Morgan, what's your hot take? I mean, I'm. This sounds terrible, but like I'm not surprised at this point because they've already treated these people so inhumanely already. Like I've seen, I've seen pictures on the internet of um, ICE agents like walking around the border and like nice people have like food and uh gallons of water you know for refugees to grab on their way in you know because they're probably hungry and thirsty and just watch them like pour the water out and like you know mess up the food and stuff like it's clear they have no regard for human life at all it's, it's sick and it's tragic and also the fact that there's not like a whole lot of outrage about it either is kind of like that's whack yeah, yeah that's, I, can't, I can't sit here and say I'm surprised because look at their track record. Yeah, yeah, there's not a lot of conversation about this on but, um, uh-uh. the media. What, it, what, have, what is your experience? Have, has anybody been talking about this at school or anything or any of your students bringing it up? No, not really. Um, you know, it's just it's so weird being, you know, um, face-to-face during a pandemic. I mean, obviously, you know, the school, I mean, you know, we've taken a lot of different protocols and such, but I mean, I mean, not, I mean, not really at all. Um, I mean, I've had um, a a few students mention something, but I mean, like I said, I also haven't been there for, you know, 11 days. Um, But not, not too much, though. I mean, also, at the same time, I feel like even for me uh, growing up in a, uh, I'm not even just going to say just Georgia, but just a United States uh, educational system, that's not something that we really talk about or that's normally, like, pushed into the forefront. Like, if anything, waking up, watching Good Morning America before school, <laughs> I might see it on there and I might be exposed that, there, but mm-hmm. that's normally that's normally not the case for a lot of people. A lot of people are just, like, getting up and then just, you know, getting to school and uh, if we don't hear it from, you know, specific people, if we don't hear it from, like, people on social media, because so, social media is huge now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, I think it also falls down to pe- people that you follow, like, these huge platforms. That, too. Uh, yeah. We have to shout. We have to, like, get on them, too, for not saying anything. I think maybe the Shade Room, maybe. I don't, I don't think I've seen that on the Shade Room. No, I saw it on the I Shade Room. Feel, yeah, I feel like okay. they did. But they did, like, a little five-minute thing. Um, however... Okay, whenever I was in Holmes's class, we would have like a, like five minutes of the day starting off where we would talk about like a current event. 
Um, so like, and that was the first like teacher and the only teacher had that I had ever had that like brought up a current event. So like I, and it like reminds you when you're in that classroom that like you are in part of history, you're making history. And, um, cause if you don't know, I Combs is a history teacher, but, um, it reminds you that like when you were talking about these current events, that this is like a product of history and that you were going to be making like your mark on that timeline as well. And I think it's just so interesting to see how children are not even being like, we're exposed to all of the other horrifying parts of history, but we're not exposed to what's happening today. The horrifying things that are happening up right up under our noses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you, I mean, I think like the clear cut answer is like, we should have, you know, not, not just like classes, but have like stuff like this, like exposed to kids because yeah, like a modern politics or something. When do you think we should teach that, though? Is that something that... I mean, I think it should be taught in history. It's a reminder that, like, if you... The no, purpose saying, of learning history is to teach yourself not to repeat it. I'm um, saying, is this, like, a high school class? Think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you it, would, think. Would, you, would you introduce this class to, like, a middle school class? Would you introduce yes. it to high schoolers? If, I think school. you should introduce it at the same time that you introduce sex education, which is in fifth grade. Yeah. Eh. I, I mean, if you can learn about what you're going to do with your... Grade. School. parts you should learn what like about what's happening in government and politics i mean that's just as important as what's going on in your genes so like <laughs> <laughs> yeah so let's let's hold each other more accountable to like talk about these things like i if you follow me which you should if you if you're not <laughs> i i share like these things all the time anytime i see some sort of like story that isn't really being talked about like I'll I'll blow it up. I'll use my platform to talk about stuff, and it's yes. any and it's like a lot of things, a lot of things that like I try to follow people that share these things. So I'm trying to like get as much information that I could then like spread out to other people because I I for one love sharing stuff on like Instagram and then seeing other people reshare it. Yes, um, that's like like a like a little high type of thing. It's like <laughs> you post it and then you see like a few of your friends post it and you're like, okay, this is this is how information spreads. Like. I remember when I first saw that, I was like, this is insane. And then, like, a lot of other people started sharing it, too. And it's like, okay, this is good. The, mm-hmm. well, yeah. not, the situation is good. No, but, but the response is, it's still a little bit, yeah. you know, on the low. But, you know, it's important that we're talking about it at the very yeah. least. Exactly. So we're going we're gonna to end it there. Um, we'll probably talk. I, I feel like it's something that's going to still, like, this oh, is yeah. a developing story. So we may talk about this either in the pre-show which, if you don't know, we do on Facebook Monday nights, 9 p.m., uh, 9 p.m.-ish. Yeah, <laughs> ish. All of our times are ish, okay? <laughs> and um, we, we'd love for you to join in, talk to us live. Uh, everything that you guys told me, told Jade, Morgan, Velvet, in person, I've heard that you all wanted, this, wanted a live show. We do a live show. Yeah. On Facebook. Get with it. On Mondays. We'd love to see you. Interact, please. All right. We're going to dive into the icebreaker. Yes. This is an interesting one. I And I like sort of doing previews in person. And people are like, yo, this is really good. Yeah. Chris had a brilliant idea. He asked us, do you break up with the family after you break up with someone else? <laughs> Hit us with it, Chris. You came up with the question. I want to hear yeah, your answer. So, um, hmm. See, I, I have a hot take. It's not even a hot take. Of course you do. It's not even a hot take. It's facts, y'all. I'm a lovable person. People like me. Yeah, we do. 
So I, I, anyone that I've been like involved with, I've met their parents. I've met some, some family members, brothers, sisters, and we're still all friends on Facebook. Yeah. I still talk to, you know, to them. I talk to their family. We'll, we'll like each other, share each other stuff on social media. I'm just, I like, I, I, I try to keep it cool. I try to keep it chill. And that's just how I am with my relationships. I'm, I'm really lucky because apparently I told people that and they're like, I don't believe it. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not real. But it is what it is. I, I try to be, I'm, I'm cool with, with a lot of people, a lot of people that I've, Dated, I'm cool with like their brothers and sisters, their mothers still like my stuff on on social media. Still ask me questions when they're like, yo, where can I get a PS5? And I'm like, hey, you get it from here, you get it from here. <laughs> Answering questions 24-7. But what about you guys? Yeah, what about you, Morgan? Uh have you are you still friends with any of your ex's families? Hello. Um uh, okay. Uh this is to me like a case by case basis, right? Because um that too. my high school ex I knew his mom before I knew him. And after he and I broke up, she she and I would still maybe like meet for lunch every so often and just like catch up. Like I don't I don't think going to their house is appropriate anymore, but like I don't know, if you got particularly close to one of the family members and you wanted to meet up with them and like hang out every once in a while, I don't think it's a big deal. Like I said, oh, it's like a it's a case by case basis. Like there's so many examples. I personally, though, me, it's easier to move on if you just cut everybody yeah. off. Um, but that's just me. Like I said, some people can make it work. What about you, friends, Ms. Sam? You know. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt <laughs> you. What about you, Mister Holmes? Golly! Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you, Pete. Um, I thank you for moving on, man. You just got to move on going down the road you know so it's just yeah i i kind of third that notion um i i think it's fucking weird dude <laughs> i'm sorry like my ex's mom has hit me up before and i'm just like i don't know you who is this lady <laughs> like, no what about you velvet um I agree with Morgan, and it's kind of like a case-by-case basis. I do have one ex who um, I'm still friends with his family on, like, Facebook and stuff. And, like, we don't hang out or anything like that. But, you know, we still, like, interact, like, liking each other's pictures and stuff like that. But it's not like we – like, I won't go out of my way to message them and be like, hey, what's up? How are you doing? And they won't go out of their way to message me either. So so it's like a – we kind of stay like at an acquaintance type of thing. Like we knew each other. We're just yeah. not close anymore. But other than that, no. Yeah. So it's really a case by case basis. Like my ex fiance. I have a friend. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. I have a friend who's like best friends with uh, her like high school ex sister. And they've been best friends like since they dated. You know what I mean? Like for years. Yeah. I don't know. That's, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Like, I saw a TikTok the other day where it's like the current like. Is the current wife doing a TikTok with like the baby mama and like the ex? But they're like, we're best friends. We've learned that co-parenting could be okay. That's different. That's different. You got a child. Yes. But I like, applaud that. My ex fiance's uh, aunt. I don't want to say who because her name is Heather. But <laughs> I, <laughs> she's messaged me a lot. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I like just flat out ignore it. I'm like, no. <laughs> 
Uh, so I, I just think it's weird. All right, so I guess I'll. I guess I'm the weirdo in this. Situation. No, I think Chris is just a good person, and we're all horrible. Wow. <laughs> no, that too though, because I feel like I feel like the relationships that I'm in that or that I was in that um that I'm not speaking to them anymore is because mm-hmm. it ended badly. However, that one relationship where uh I'm still like you know acquainted with their family um it didn't it wasn't like a horrific experience or anything like that like i it wasn't like the worst yeah so So, and you're a good person so so listen y'all we want to hear from you in the comments do you break up your with your with the family after you break up with someone let us know in the comments love to hear from you morgan morgan ah yeah let me pull up my stuff (laughs) Hold up. <laughs> so Ow. we're going to jump into the unfortunate fact of the week. Um, you know, some weeks they're very unfortunate. Some weeks they're not so unfortunate. Yeah. They're or they're just, very. Yeah. yeah some, they're more enlightening than anything. But I think most of the time it's unfortunate. They're just kind of weird. They're yeah. unfortunate because they tell you things you just wish you wouldn't have known. Yeah. Yeah. They're very disheartening. <laughs> Sorry if you came here for something fun to hear, but they're, it's going to hurt your feelings. <laughs> Most Either that or have no. you just question life. Yeah. yeah. This, one, this one's more, like, interesting. Okay. So um, a friend of mine, he um, he was telling me, and I thought he was bullshitting me, but um, he was saying that, like, he had, I think it was his, his grandma, um, when he was over to her house, if he got hurt, like, with, a, like, a cut, or, like, I think he gassed his arm one time. They didn't have any band-aids. And he said that she took cobwebs and put it on his um, wound. And it, that would, like, heal it. Like, use that as, like, a bandage. So I was like, you're full of shit, like, you old country ass. Like, that's, that's <laughs> not true. Um, and I looked it up. And they actually, in, like, ancient times, used spider webs and, like, cobwebs as bandages. That's um, ingenious. Apparently. Huh? That's genius. Yeah, um, apparently it has, like, natural antiseptic and antifungal properties, and it's also rich in vitamin K, um, which promotes clotting. So you actually deadass can use cobwebs to, like, stop bleeding, which is, like, like I said, a really good idea, especially if you get, like, a bad injury and you don't have any other, you know, first aid, and <laughs> your house ain't been cleaned in a while, just, just grab a, a cobweb. <laughs> yeah, just punch a spiderweb. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's some spooky Isn't shit. That, crazy? <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. So that's that is actually really unfortunate. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunate. All right, we're gonna move on. Uh Velvet. Yes. What is your movie recommendation for the week? So we're still celebrating National Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, so this week I am um you know what celebrating. You? <laughs> <laughs> um this is okay. I'm gonna fuck up his name. Alejandro Gonzalez Iñarritu. I don't know how you're to doing say great, his sweetie. Name. Okay. Anyways, he is the director of uh, 2016's The Revenant, and if you have seen that movie, you know, or if you've heard of it, then you know that that is the movie that has won Leonardo DiCaprio's first Oscar. Granted, he should have won that years ago, but that's not the point right now. The point is, is that um, this man is iconic. I'm not talking about Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm talking about the director. He is Hispanic. Um, and he's the one who made this happen. Like, 
Y'all, he did this for Leo. Like, he, <laughs> he really did, did that. Leo. Like, if you, no, but if if you've seen that movie, you know it's great. You can find it on Hulu, YouTube. Uh, I think it's on Amazon also, and they do occasionally show it on TV. If you guys still have cable, yeah. If people still have, cable. how would you rate it? Um, rate it definitely a seven. No, no, no. Like a. A high eight, like an eight point eight. Like an eight point eight. Yeah, it's really specific. (laughs) No, it's it's a really good movie. It's um, it's very long, so you have to kind of like immerse yourself into it, and you know, there's a lot going on. So make sure you're paying attention. You know what's going on. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio. Like once you hear, like if you ever watch this movie and you kind of like dig into the background of like how this movie was shot and like other little fun facts or whatever, you're kind of just like, whoa, like they really did that. Like him and um, the director Alejandro Gonzalez. Fuck, I forgot his last name already. Yeah, Gonzalez. (laughs) I'm just gonna go with the first two because I cannot say his other last name. Um, they really worked together really, really well, and they did that. So that's good stuff. Good stuff. All right, y'all know like always. I got y'all's music of the week. Um, this week I'm following into you know the Spanish heritage. Uh, Jesse Reyes before Love Came to Kill Us. Jesse Reyes is an R&B singer and songwriter who was born on June 12, 1991, in Toronto, Ontario, to Colombian parents. She was introduced to the guitar by her father, leading to a career in art and music. Her mission is to combat sexual intimidation in the music industry, and her fans find solace in her sound through shared experiences of heartbreak and self empowerment. Um, in order to get her label, she was basically pressured into, um, you know, sex and she was like, no, screw this. I'm going like, I'm not going to sell away my soul for, you know, a record. And now she's on records and she's performed with Eminem. She's performed with like other, like really high end artists. And it's just, it's really nice to see some performers come out and just kind of say, no, I'm going to like become a whistleblower but not just a whistleblower a successful whistleblower and i think that's really important especially with latina women in the industry we love to see it good stuff love to see it and i I love that over the past couple weeks you've been putting us on some really good artists yeah i got some good taste (laughs) y'all if i'm not good at anything else i got good music (laughs) all right so we are going to jump into the main topic of the episode jade Oh, yes. Uh, all right. Yeah. Our main topic is, like I said, my favorite teacher ever, Ike Holmes. Um, we've got a couple of questions for you. Uh, first yeah. off, how you feeling? <sighs> I, feel, I feel good. Like I said, I feel like I'm just about on the other side of this. So, um, you know, just, just being stuck at home is no fun, you know? Yeah. Well, what, what inspired you to be a teacher in the first place? Um, so... I probably, it was probably around eighth grade. Um, I had uh, Coach Zellner. Um, I'm sure you remember him. Yeah, I love him. Um, he was my science teacher. He was my first male teacher. Um, and he was also the first person that made science cool. Um, it was never really my thing. But um, just that point on, man, I, you know, and I, I always really enjoyed social studies. Obviously, I was a football player. Um, and just, like I said, about eighth grade is when is, is when like the first time it kind of popped into my head that that might be something that I want to do. So, what has been your goal as an educator? Like, what have you wanted to do? What is the impact you want to lead? Um, you know, I really, I just, I want 
all of my students to find their passion, whatever that is. Like I know mine is history and football and I get to do something every day um, that deals, you know, directly with those passions. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, to, just to help students just to grow into that passion, whatever it is. I mean, that's always been really important to me. I mean, I know um, very few students come into my room, you know, admiring history or, or, or wanting to talk about history, but um, it's not really about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, just, it, it's just about, you know, helping, helping them find their self really. Um, well, kind of where I'm, I'm at. I hated history like a lot. Um, but I mean, the only reason why I hated history was because I was, my community is not represented in history. And the first time that I ever had a teacher, like I told um, Mr. Holmes about this, like after class one day, I was like, Hey, like, can we talk about Stonewall? And so he did, he put together a plan and like, we talked about Stonewall one day, like he brought up our history and like, it was the first time in a classroom that I was represented and it made me actually become interested in history. Like I, now like have actually done research and like dug into like American history. So um, we may not have walked in there liking it, but we left liking history. So. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> Aw. Yeah, that was no. a wild year, man. You got to remember that was my first year teaching. So. That was Aww. your first year teaching. It was his very first year teaching. And was, you know, like. That was a wild year. <laughs> you, you got a lot of students. You, you were very impactful to a lot of students. Like we were very happy to have you. Um. How has teaching shaped your outlook of the world? Ooh, man. It's, um, <laughs> you know, a classroom is really almost like a microcosm of society. I mean, you have people from, even, even, even in the school like I'm at now where, you know, the demographics are, they've always sort of been the same, but, um, just a lot of different backgrounds, a lot of stories, man. Um, it's, 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 it's like you love it, but it's, it's, it's tough sometimes too, just because, you know, you do um, really get to know your students. And I mean, you see what they come from and, you know, and, 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 and the things that they bring with them to class. I mean, and especially now in the age of social media, um, I mean, even compared to when you were in my class, like, I mean, you know, you guys come into class now with just this knowledge about just any of any and everything i mean just whether it's politics or candidates or you know um it's mind-blowing man and, and and just and just knowing that you know all these kids have the world at their fingertips i mean it's it's definitely a new day um and and, and being a history guy you know it's, it's it's crazy time to be alive you know and, and, and like you were alluding to earlier i mean we forget it but like you said, I mean, we are living history. I mean, you know, every decision we make, every conversation we have, um, I mean, it's all a part of the story, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I guess does that answer your question. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Wonderfully, actually. How has coronavirus affected your job? Um, obviously you're in quarantine. <laughs> um, it's, it's been crazy. Um, you know, March 13th was, you know, our last day of school last year. Um, and it was kind of one of those things where, okay, we know this thing is here. I actually, um, you know, my first conversation about COVID was on January 29th. I only remember this because I had a, um, 
foreign exchange student from South Korea. And, you know, she was all dressed up for the Chinese New Year. And she was like, Aww. Coach Holmes, like, they're shutting it down. They're not doing Chinese New Year. I was like, well, that's kind of a big deal because if, if, if China's not celebrating the New Year, um, you know, something, something's up. And so that was my first time reading about it. You see what I'm saying? Like, okay, so this unknown virus is happening. And then, you know, you fast forward, um, you know, about a month and a half and we're out of school. Um Weeks later, you know, we're not going back. And, you know, for five months, you don't even know if you're going to get to go back. You don't know if you're going to get to teach a history class again or coach a football game or go to a football practice. I mean, all of those things, you just you really don't know. Um, and so I would say, you know, getting back, is, it's been it's been great um, just to be back in, 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 the, in the class of students just because that time is so valuable. And. Um, you know, our county, not the greatest with technology. I mean, I think 27% of our county has access to reliable internet. So, I mean, the virtual option would be a nightmare. Um, yeah. And so it's been great to be back, but obviously just a lot of anxiety. Um, you know, you want to, I mean, I know I ended up getting sick, but I mean, which was obviously, you know, your, your kind of worst case scenario, but, um, but I mean, it's been good. And, and especially, you know, the year it's been, uh, the summer it's been, um, you know, the, it's only September. I mean, you know, November's still a long way away. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a cool time for, uh, you know, especially someone, you know, as an educator of us history, I mean, like, like this is a year that is, I mean, it's already defined us, but I mean, you know, still some time left. Yeah. So, All right. Um, so we're going to dive into uh, a little bit more of a sticky situation. Um, there was headlines about a situation that you were involved in where um, Black Lives Matter was written on your board and... There were rumors that you had been fired over this. There had been rumors that you were like quit over this. There was just so much going on. Um, and I think Morgan actually was the one who shared it and tagged me in it. Um, shout out. Uh, <laughs> but she, um, she and I had a conversation about like, I figured, you know, you would be supportive of that. Um, Morgan was a little surprised at first, but just because you come from Pike County and we didn't expect anyone oh, from absolutely. Pike County. But um, sure. I kind of want to give you a platform where you can, surprised. yeah, pleasantly <laughs> surprised. Um, yeah. But we wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of like explain that because it's very, it's very, it was a sigh of relief to see that somebody from the county I grew up in, where we had yes. no representation, we finally like had someone who had said something to like make the smaller people feel like we had a voice. So I, w I wanted to let you clear that up. Um. So yeah, uh, you know, obviously Black Lives Matter. I mean, it's um, you know, it's definitely a talking point of the time, and I I feel like I would not be doing my job as an educator of U.S. history, United States history, right? Which um, Black people are very much a part of, even though you know we really don't like to talk about it. Um, you know, as you remember when you were in my class, I have a a, a spot on my board where I put a quote. Um, don't always put a quote up there, but I mean, the spots, you know, they're on my board. And so of course, um, 
I think this was a day after the Blake shooting, um, which was the most recent tragedy and just, you know, the, the, the endless narrative. Um, but yeah, I mean, I put it up there. I, you know, I, I'd, I'd actually had a few students approach me about it, you know, asking, you know, what I thought, this and that. Um, and I mean, just really every conversation is a conversation about history. And it's like, well, you know, let's, because I mean, look, I mean, we're the first couple of weeks of school. I mean, 1619. I mean, it's, it, it all matters. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and so I'd had it on my board. Um, and then, you know, apparently students, I was told it was another class, um, but it actually ended up being my class. Um, students were taking pictures and sending them home. And, you know, obviously that's a phrase that's, um, it means a lot of things to a lot of different people. Um, and especially people who don't understand race and just, you know, the struggle of black people in this country, literally from the beginning. Um, those words mean a lot of different things. And, you know, I was, you know, I was told that it was a very divisive statement and that it needed to come off my board. Um, and, I got really emotional about it just because, um, you know, and I, and I think I even said this, you know, erasing that off of my board is what we've done to black people their entire existence in this country. You know, we've just, we've always just erased the board. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, I mean, it's a very well-documented history. Um, and it just, um, it bothered me, man. And, you know, um, it's tough because, you know, you know, it's school, it's public education. I get it. But like, I literally teach us history. I mean, that's politics. I mean, that's race, that's gender, that's, um, all of those things. And, um, I wasn't surprised about the backlash. I mean, again, I, I literally, I've grown up in Pike County my entire life. Um, the demographics don't lie. Um, you know, and it's, it's tough, man. And, you know, it just, um, I was told it can't be on my board anymore, which, you know, I, I mean, it is what it is, but I mean, I'm still going to teach history. I mean, we're still going to have those difficult conversations right. like we did when you were a student. I mean, I remember my first, I know you don't remember this, but you know, my first evaluation was in your class that seventh period. And we were talking about how, um, you know, whiteness and blackness being interpreted in U.S. history and how, you know, those colors mean a lot. And, like, and like you, you, you know, what both of those colors have, like, meant. Um, you, you asked a question country. whether or not race was a product of biology or whether or not it was a product of history. And yes. I, what I loved so much about your class was that you were, you allowed me a platform a lot of times in that classroom to bless some students out about issues like that. Like he, he allowed us to have a conversation, but the thing is it's hard to rebuttal with me sometimes when you dispute with me um, because I do research and other people don't. Um, so um, he asked that question and I believe someone threatened to throw a desk at me oh my um, God. <laughs> because uh, basically I was like, it's a product of, biology but the segregation and the disparaging of race as a product of history um and you know uh it's i think it's it's good that 
it sucks that you had to take that down, but the fact that you were still going to be able to continue to have those discussions, um, if you were to like put up the fight and to be fired, that was like what made me scared. Cause it was like, well, God, I mean, I knew the ch minds that you changed in that like classroom where like kids who had walked in, there were like wearing, um, rebel flags on their shirts and stuff. And we walked out of that classroom after you had allowed us an opportunity to have those discussions. There were kids who I knew who were going home and getting rid of their rebel flag stuff because we were allowed to discuss the history of it. And, mm. you know, like I was just mortified that they were going to bring somebody else in and they weren't going to be as involved with the students or involved with faculty and staff and be able to actually like have that conversation and open the eyes and educate people because once you become educated it's hard to not support black lives matter mm -hmm. uh -huh. yeah i mean it, you know it's just it's again we have a very well documented history of this and i mean it's you know every outspoken black person is either a communist or a bolshevik or a radical or an anarchist and i mean it literally like it goes as far back as you want to go. I mean, Frederick Douglass, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he was, um, you know, people's mouths were on the floor when they heard Frederick Douglass talk. And it wasn't just because of what he was saying. It was because a black man was saying it, you know? Yeah. Um, and it just, um, it's just tough, man. And, and, and I think too, and you got to remember, um, a lot of the, you know, all of this current racial tension to a lot of people that, you know, they think is new, um, all happening during that five months during the pandemic. So, you know, you, you know, you're at home, you're seeing it, you're taking it in, you're having conversations, you're having difficult conversations with friends, with family, with yourself daily. And I mean, like race is one of those things, man, like, there's so much that we've been taught like from a very young age on how to view people and how to view shades and how to view. Um, and it's not always like the burning the flags. I mean, it's not all about the KKK. I mean, it's, um, there's so much about race that we just don't sometimes even understand why we view, view it the way we do. You know what I mean? Just yeah. Because of history. And now, um, like you said, having those conversations with were difficult. I think I did have a desk thrown at me um, that you during that class. Um, yeah, um, I remember that. It was over a testing too. It was twice. I had a desk almost thrown at me, and there was a desk thrown. Is that is that what y'all are doing at, at Pike County? Is just throwing desks at each other? No, it was. It was. I'm not going to say who it was. So wait, wait, wait. But so was, I it, never had a desk was it a specific me, person? Like, like that was their thing, and Look, they do desks. Like I said, it was, it was the first year teacher, seventh period. Like, <laughs> yo. <laughs> Well, he, he got really upset because I was like, everything that he rebuttaled with, um, I was like, no, that's wrong. And I'll let me tell you why it's wrong. Um, and he actually like, what's funny is he ended up being my roommate after high school. Like we became friends because he came to me at the end of the year and he was like, yo, I'm so sorry. I was such a dickhead. And I was like, you know, <laughs> and is this after how many desks have been thrown at you? Two. Um, oh my God. but like, he was like, look, I was going through some stuff. I said, clearly, but you know, um, it, it, that classroom was, it was the last classroom of the day. So like, it was, you know, a little bit more, we had a lot of energy. We were ready to move around, but like, it's, 
it was very it's those my best memories from school came from that classroom it came from the fact that like we were engaged every student in there like if we had like started pulling out our phones and stuff which honestly from it may have seemed like a lot but compared to other teachers you like had most of our attention you had like the most attention from like any classroom that i was usually involved in but it was because he it was the only classroom we walked into where we weren't treated like students. We were treated like, you know, equals. We were treated like somebody who he was having a conversation with and talking to about something. Um, and he tied it into stuff that was relevant. So um, thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you so much for being a teacher who has actually, you know, paved the way for educators and has been an educator for other people in that profession to look up to. And, you know, just being an educator for fellow students to look up to. So Thank you so much for that. Thank you for not losing your job. Um, and thank you for <laughs> continuing to represent the part of us from Pike County that have not been represented. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. I've, I've, you know, I've, I've always loved you. I mean, you were a fantastic student and I, um, I'm just so proud of what you're doing now and I've, I appreciate the time. So awesome. Thank you, Ike. Yeah. Does anybody else yeah, have any yeah, other yeah, questions I was, or I was, comments? I was, I was going to say, Mr. Holmes, you're right. I I love hearing stories of uh, of teachers that like take the job seriously. Like it's all about like enriching children. It's all about teaching them and like giving them the most so that they could. It's not just the class. It's it's changing like the way they think. It's mm -hmm. getting them prepared to like go out into the world. That like it it runs a hundred miles per hour. But like I feel like we get so comfortable in our hometowns and we only think about or talk about certain things that are in our bubble that uh being exposed to bigger things like that like that's really important i feel like we need a hundred uh mr holmes we yes. need, like we need a hundred of y'all we need <laughs> we, we need y'all in, in a bunch of, in a bunch of <laughs> schools we we need that it's, it's it's really important so you know that if i had a hat tip tip of my hat like i appreciate you <laughs> I appreciate it. I really do. It, um, you know, it's it's not easy work, but I mean, it's the work that needs to be done. You know, um, and so you know, it just it's like I tell all my students, just one conversation at a time. I mean, that's that's literally what it's that's what it's about. You know. Yeah, like even when he would get upset in class, he still talked like the way he talks now. He'd be like, "Come on, guys." <laughs> it was like <laughs> that was the most like it was never red in the face, yelling at anybody. It was very like. It was one of those things, like, if we collectively failed the test, we all felt really bad. Like, it wasn't <laughs> like, we're like, well, screw it. It's just a class. Like, we we're actually like, well, damn, he's actually a little bit upset at us. Like, <laughs> so, you know, it's it's really refreshing to, like, catch back up. This has been awesome. No, it's been great, man. Um, all right. I think that, uh, wrap that wraps that up. So, real quick before we head out for the week, I have a little bit of inspiration for y'all. Um once Yay. again, coming from, <laughs> from from Mama Z, the Afrohantis. Listen, y'all. Validate your feelings. Validate your emotions. Validate everything that you feel because, bitch, your feelings <laughs> matter. <laughs> Who the fuck told you that it was okay to hold shit inside? Who told you that? You want to self implode? Is that what you want? Or do you want to heal? Oof. 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 Chris, Oof. you didn't have to yell at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, 
We are signing out for another week, episode 14 of That's Unfortunate. Y'all, once again, thank you for all the love that you show us on social media and in person. The the, the comments, the shares, the likes, the subscribes. The subscribes, it means a lot to us. We appreciate that. We also appreciate Mr. Ike Holmes in the building. Uh, just go ahead and give him a round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so with that, we're out for another week, guys. Stay good. Wear your mask. Drink more water, and just be nice. Don't forget, Black Lives Matter. Yes. Exactly. Always. All right, y'all. Peace out. We will catch you next time. Peace.